for me, when I was told that Santa wasn't real by my parents, they sat me down. And when they told me there was no Santa, I can go back there and relive it right now. I said to them through tears and moaning, I mean, I was bawling. The next thing you're going to tell me is that Jesus isn't real. Well, little did I know. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Merry Christmas, friends. Today, Eric and Courtney ponder the ultimate results of lying to children about the existence of Santa Claus. Just to be clear, there's no grinchery here. There's so much to appreciate about the way this festive tradition opens up a larger discussion about belief, truth, and ethics, whether it be here on this podcast or a child who just escaped the Santa Claus matrix. You are listening to Psilocybin Says. To support it, join the conversation in the YouTube comments. Subscribe on YouTube and podcasts, and stay connected on Instagram and TikTok. Oh, why are you making me wear this dumb hat? (laughs) Because we gotta make sure the children believe. Christmas spirit. Where's your Christmas spirit, asshole? We must persist. Disclaimer, we're probably going to piss some people off in this episode. Yeah. What percentage of parents do you think perpetuate the Santa Claus story? Ooh, I wonder if there's a survey out there on this. Um, If I had to guess, I'd say a solid, well, considering... Americans. So how many Americans, well... Jews don't believe in Santa, or they don't do that. That's a large percentage of the U.S. So I'd say probably like 50%. 50% of. That's an interesting thing. I haven't really thought about how like Jews, Muslims, Jehovah's, and all the people that don't do the Santa Claus thing. How do they think of the people that do do the Santa Claus thing? You know, are they like... Very poorly. I I wonder. I I mean, mean, I dated a few Jewish guys. um, And each one, their family heavily made fun of Santa Claus people. Which I think, yeah, definitely impacted my perception now. um, And the emotion that I feel when I feel judged or condemned for not lying to my children. I I really think that this this. is a much deeper thing than just the Santa Claus topic. Um, I think it sets the stage for us to blindly follow in a lot of different ways. First of all, you know, want to say like, whatever your practice or belief is here, we're not here to make fun of it. Um, 
there's a tape on my my hat ball. <laughs> no, we're not we're not here to Santa make fun of. I don't want, I don't want to make fun of anybody. I don't want anybody to feel dumb or bad or demeaned or talked down to. We're expressing our opinions that are based on our experience, and there's probably at least we believe that there's some valuable stuff to consider here, or else we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yes. So. Um, Thank you for saying that. We probably will make some jokes. <laughs> that is likely. About believers, about true believers. Um, well, we shouldn't make jokes about true believers because those are just the innocent little kids. Make jokes about the perpetuators of lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If this, if this is your first episode of Psilocybin Says, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the common theme of the show. Uh, Courtney, let me know this morning that I could never be a politician. <laughs> For the hundredth time. For the hundredth Just time. Just a reminder. Um, yeah. So, all right. What has really led to this conversation? Well, it is, you know, the holiday season right now. I'm um, with my ho, ho, ho. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely am <laughs> with my primo ho, ho, ho. Um, so, yes, it's the holiday season, obviously. There's a lot of movies playing about believing in the magic, i.e. Santa, uh, of Christmas. And conversations um, going on with parents well, in this our started, community. This, this started with a <clears throat> conversation happening at a public school, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. our, our son, if you want to you yeah. share the conversation. Sure. You, sure. you were the one that interfaced here. I didn't because I knew that my diplomatic ways would... <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, good that you don't surfing. really check this classroom app very much because you would be fired up a little more than you're comfortable with probably. But anyway, um, all right. So I'm like going about my merry magical day (laughs) and I get this notification on my six year old son's classroom app from his teacher. It's a message to all the parents in the classroom that says with the holidays coming up, Lots of conversations spark in the classroom about believing in the, quote, magic, end quote, of Christmas. If you have had certain conversations with your students about what is true during Christmas time, please remind them that students still believe and to not ruin the Christmas magic of others. With your truth. To which, like... A number of parents replied, begging other parents to not basically tell their kids, to basically say, yeah, don't ruin it for my kid. Don't ruin Santa for my kid. So when I first got this message, I, I felt really upset inside and I almost immediately, you know, when you like go to respond and you feel emotion and you're like, I shouldn't say anything. I shouldn't say anything right now. I do not know that. Okay, well, you're learning. I would say that you are learning. I'm starting to become familiar with that. Yeah, you are. You've come away. Um, well, I felt that that whole experience, and I just put down my phone, and I took some deep breaths, and I was like, I'm just going to talk about this first with my close, my close peeps and get some feedback before I start getting real upset 
in public at my son's teacher. I don't want to mess up the, I don't want to mess up my son's experience at school. I don't know. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, if it wasn't for that, I would have likely said something compassionately and respectfully, but just like trying to let's like pose the idea that maybe we should be thinking a little bit more critically here, um, and have a conversation about this. But anyway, I sat with it for a couple of weeks and yeah, it was a couple of weeks and, um, and, and, and talked about it. I was talking about it with my close friends and, um, just kept talking about it and getting other people's feedback on it and had some really good conversations because of this message. So thank you to my son's teacher for instigating really a series of very meaningful conversations with me and my friends. And I learned a lot, um, which is why we're like having this conversation now. Um, because while I'm having these conversations with close ones about Santa Claus and how other parents talk to their kids about Christmas and what they believe around Christmas and what's important to them to convey to their kids and how they deal with this, uh, whole, uh, to tell or not to tell or what to say to my friends that do believe and how to navigate that whole conversation in the midst of that with sanctuary, um, a new group recently formed, um, with the help of, a, a couple of members in our community talking about previous religious experiences. Um, and that's the intention of this virtual circle that's been meeting up um, talking about past experiences and religion and as trauma, trauma specifically experiences is a little broad. Okay. I thought that's how it was termed, but anyway, um, and I'm, you know, hearing these conversations happen in this virtual circle and I'm seeing some very common themes between religious trauma that has perpetuated like continued on that these specific people in this group are still experiencing today and working through in all kinds of ways in their day-to-day life and how similar some of these um things are to this story around this narrative around santa claus santa trauma is religious trauma He's Saint Nick. He's a saint. Yeah. Like, that's a religious thing. This didn't start with Coca-Cola. This started with Christianity. Not that I have anything wrong with Christianity per se, or even the idea of playing Santa. For me, when I was told that fourth grade, age eight or nine, whatever that was, <clears throat> that Santa wasn't real by my parents. They sat me down. I was, I was as devout as a child could be in terms of their religious beliefs, and that was intimately associated with Santa Claus. And when they told me there was no Santa, that the Santa, I, I just can, I can go back there and relive it right now. I said to them through tears and moaning. I mean, I was bawling. The next thing you're going to tell me is that Jesus isn't real. 
Well, little did I know that even that story has some significant questions around it. And so it was, it was very, very, very traumatic to me. And still to this day, my parents have refused to acknowledge that that is potentially hurtful to a child. Not that I really care that they, I mean, I don't really want them to, but that they're not able to acknowledge that, hey, okay, yeah, this was like a lie that we told you all as kids. And that, yes, we can understand how that could disrupt your belief in a lot of other things that we said to you. And Santa Claus was one of the most important things in my childhood, Mm -hmm. period. Yeah, Yeah, Santa Santa, um, was and still is for so many people represented as, like you said, like a saint, like a god. Like Mm -hmm. kids are so often told... Don't even get me started on the elf on the shelf He's watching thing. You. Watching you all the time, monitoring you even for you poop. good, good <laughs> or sinful behavior. Are you touching yourself? Yeah. How? How? Come on! How many of us as kids? I was touching myself in second grade. And wondering if Santa was watching. Is this gonna get me some coal in my stocking? Yeah, am I gonna get a lump? <laughs> How many, like, honestly, I can remember so many times waking up on Christmas and having this fear in my chest that I was going to wake up with nothing and a coal for all the bad things that I've done that year. And I was a good kid. Well, but you were really hard on yourself. I was really hard on myself. Yes. Yeah. Very high standards for myself. And my parents weren't even like, they didn't shove it down my throat like as far as the you better be good or santa's not going to come which right. i have definitely heard parents say oh yeah more well, times than a lot of it probably came from school i would suspect yeah. i mean that's where a lot of mine yes, was i have i did hear that in school from teachers yeah yeah and or just from other <clears throat> kids talking you know like right Yes. It's baffling. Honest to God, it's baffling to me how anybody thinks that this is a healthy thing or even that it's fun. I really, I just get all up in knots when I hear people talk about, but it's fun. You can have just as much fun playing pretend as you do. Like what's, what's, what kind of fun, what kind of twisted fun are you getting out of diluting an innocent child. Right. And there's, there's some really great, <clears throat> um, there's some really great articles written online about the Santa Claus debate. There's a good one in psychology today, um, that outlines some considerations with the whole mm-hmm. Santa Claus uh, story and also recognizing that we know uh, we have friends that um, are on this spectrum of Santa Claus myth <laughs> that tell their kids that Santa is, you know, a real being that delivers presents and that, and some people don't associate this 
you better be good. You better watch out. You better not cry or Santa Claus not, isn't going to come. Not everybody has the same mm-hmm. um, variables with the story. Moral. Some people just kind of talk about Santa as this ethereal being who delivers presents. They don't really say mm-hmm. much else and it's not like a big deal. And some parents manip- like use it as like a behavior mm-hmm. um, yeah, okay. motivator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still like, yeah, I, I'm I'm not down with it personally. But uh, like, like one of the things, um, one of the things to consider here is, so like, what if, <clears throat> like financially, as a parent, like, how many how many hard Christmases have do, do does anybody have where financially? You just can't afford to buy more than one little present for your kid or any presents for your kid for that matter. There's so many kids out Mm. there who um, do not get presents for Christmas because their parents have literally zero dollars in their bank account um, around Christmas time. So for those children that go to school and hear this whole narrative about, you know, you better be good or Santa Claus isn't going to deliver you presents. Okay. And then they don't get presents. So what does that mean for them? Uh, there's so much that comes up with this. I mean, even that just brings up the reality that I, I have personally known of families who would go into five, $7,000 of credit card debt for Christmas you know, and then be paying that off all year long and struggling, you know, that that we put ourselves through <clears throat> these kind of torture cycles uh, to live up to some made-up standard, some commercial standard, you know. Um, it, it's pretty insane. Uh, and I, I think that the Santa Claus issue really goes a lot deeper than just Santa Claus and Christmas or even just like Jesus and Christianity. Um, in in my in my mind anyway, it sets up a nation of people who are not critically thinking. They're either like there's like so much that could come out of this. Like an innate distrust in your religion, your parents, your fellow man who is perpetuating this myth and this that you then wake up to and realize that you've been suckered into. And so you look around, you're like, oh my God. And then if you look at our, if you look at our political world, um, if you look at our news, we are, we're gaslit left and right. If you look at our advertising, we are told false truths and then when the truth is revealed we're just like oh huh well okay i guess that's so like it's this it to me it's like Mm -hmm. a very similar pattern Mm -hmm. that we're setting up here and we we just don't I, i think that we don't think enough about the implications of these kinds of cultural norms Mm hmm yes the implications are far-reaching. 
We could bring UFOs into this conversation if we wanted to. We've been gaslit over that. We've been told for like, how long. Oh, it, it was just for your best, um, yeah. you know, for your good, you know, because we know better than you. Yeah, we want to protect so. the mat, protect, the, protect, keep you protected. Like, it's the same thing as keeping the Christmas spirit alive or the magic of Christmas alive. Yeah. And, and that's like, so I guess that's the several things about what you just said um, point to the emotions that came up for me. But like one, the, the monetary like pressure and to, to, um, to associate the magic of Christmas with getting gifts, getting material possessions, which I don't have, like, I love material possessions. I'm so grateful for our home and like this fireplace and this cushy chair and these microphones. Like, I'm so grateful for those things. And also I know they don't equate to my internal happiness mm -hmm. that comes from something so much that comes from within me. It comes from my relationships mm -hmm. and my authentic connections with people in my family. So when I heard his teacher say, don't like ruin the magic of Christmas, make sure your kids don't ruin it for other kids. Like how, is that going to ruin the magic? <laughs> That's not the magic. How about, I think we're confused. <laughs> how about y'all ruin the magic of Christmas when you forgot about the solstice and the amazing journey that <clears throat> the sun goes on in its path of our salvation? How about the magic of Christmas starting with the psychedelic shaman that were eating Amanita muscaria mushrooms and flying on reindeer skin in their visionary quests. Mm -hmm. right. How about the magic of Christmas of people just coming together and loving each other, just to love each other and remind each other, what it, even if it's just once a year, mm -hmm. that we're all in this together, you know? Yep. Fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> so okay i'm pretty so, sure santa claus was like a coca-cola thing like i'm pretty sure that santa really became popularized in the united states in its current manifestation in the 20s with coca-cola ads i need to look back look back into that yeah um, but santa wasn't always what it is for modern American culture, yeah, the for story. Sure. So anyway, I, right. I, I'm not really knowledgeable enough. Can to, we can we also talk about white Santa? Like, oh my God. how many <laughs> children of color are no. just seeing this white dude watching over them and monitoring their behavior to see if they yep. get rewarded? Yep. Like that is so. Uh, like no, there's so many things. That, I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm embarrassed to say that that never really hit for me until we watched that movie the other night with the kids. What what was that? Oh, Candy Cane Lane. Candy Cane Lane. Yeah, but, uh, great great movie. If you're gonna be segueing your like conversations about Santa with your kids, that movie is a great one it to was. do it with. Black Candy Santa. Cane Lane. I was like, damn, 
I ain't never seen a black Santa. Which they directly That's call out up. in the movie, which was so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Where the black kid was like, or was it the newscaster, the black newscaster guy that was like, I knew Santa was black. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I feel a little bit better about Santa Claus right now. <laughs> I can't believe I never thought about that over the years as much as I've thought about white Jesus. No. Yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah. No, but the, and the, this also feeds into the drug war propaganda in my mind. You know, we have we don't tell the kids truth about drugs. We have this just say no. We've had this just say no. This equ- in our and how we relate to children around sex. We have all this. The stork. Remember, the stork brings the baby. Mm-hmm. Makes me yeah. want to throw stuff. It's just like. If we really irrationally think, are we going to lie to the people that we love the most? Particularly about something as trivial as presence under the tree. I'm not in favor of lying in any way. I think there's definitely time when certain information, you know, is ready to be revealed. Like sex, like drugs, that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> but just because we kind of titrate information out doesn't mean that we have to completely and utterly fabricate a lie about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, this, uh, the message. So I watched for the first time the movie polar, is it polar express? Is that what it's called? That popular, popular holiday movie. Is it? No. What it's called. It just sounds like there's another word in there. Something It's just polar express. Anyway, that's y'all get it in the movie that I'm talking about. So they play that the public school system plays that movie, uh, during the holiday times, um, for kids in the classroom. It was played last year in my son's kindergarten class. It was played this year in his first grade class and in the movie. And like so many other Christmas movies, this, uh, narrative of do not question that Santa is real. If you don't believe wholeheartedly, Santa will not come for you. You must be a full believer without question. So that's another parallel to religious trauma Mm -hmm. that we hear all the time, which I only experienced a, like, just like a, like a, like a skimming, like a, very little bit of that growing up. Like I went to church and I heard it in Baptist church, but my parents didn't harp on it, um, with me at all. Uh, my grandmother did, but anyway, um, that's something that we hear all the time in our community from people who are just coming out of, Mm -hmm. um, intense dogmatic religion, this whole narrative of you can't question, don't question, don't question the text. Don't question what you're being told. You just need to believe it or else you won't get punished. So, and that is so confusing. Like for us as adults, let alone children, um, not only is it confusing, it's the opposite of what we should do. It's completely contrary to how we should live our lives. It's yeah. It's it's it's, man, it's, mm, it's sociopathic. Yeah, manipulation isn't even doesn't even no, <laughs> touch it. Like, yeah, and like it's I, accepted. I, yeah, I think this was exhibited again in the whole COVID thing. 
I am not against vaccines. Our kids are vaccinated. I am not against science. I fucking love science, mycology, blah, blah, blah. But like that we were told not to question over and over and over. And now like similarly in other areas, we're being told not to question like what happens with our tax money or, you know, like wars. We start wars around the world and we're not supposed to question any of that. And I, I feel like I feel like this is so much of this is rooted in religious dogmatism of which Santa Claus is an offshoot. And so until we start to actually, until we start to question and think critically, um, I'm not sure I'm not sure we're gonna get out of this paradigm. We're still in many, many ways a Adults are still kind of operating in the same magic of Christmas in terms of, you know, the magic of whatever, politics, the magic of social conditioning. You know, just believe it because it's true. If you don't believe it, bad things are going to happen to you. Yeah, it's we're in this place in time where we have in large part, we just haven't been taught how to question this. Like there's not a framework for that. Uh, in we've been taught in our culture. There's no longer this. I mean, for most people we've been taught, do not question the authority, which is the higher ups in the church, which is the Bible, your parents, uh, your parents. Uh, yeah. Don't like, I don't need to tell you why just do what I say. Um, type of narrative. Don't question Santa Claus and the magic of Christmas. You see that book over there behind you on the shelf, acid dreams. It is, it was well documented in the thirties, forties and fifties, how powerful psychedelics were for healing mental health spiritual health, all kinds. Autism, that book documents multiple cases of autistic children who were given a thousand mics of LSD. Most of you probably know that's a hell of a lot of LSD. They were given a thousand, some of them up to 2,000 mics of LSD, and it completely alleviated symptoms of autism, self-mutilation, children who were nonverbal. We have known for a very long time that psychedelics were good for you, are good for you. And yet we bought a narrative of don't do these things. They're bad. If you do them, you go to jail. And we bought that shit hook, line, and sinker. It, it is amazing to me that, that cannabis, that we allowed a handful of people to make us Shelter in fear over growing a weed, over growing an herb. Like we, I remember hiding, smoking weed, owning weed, buying weed. That, that we, and I mean, I think that we should take responsibility as citizens. There's a point where we have to wake up and understand that we have allowed others to have dominion over our 
minds and our perspectives. Um, this is one of the reasons why I have questioned how long the psychedelic movement will really be allowed to unfold because after people get healed from their depression and anxiety and they see that psychedelics did it, well, it's going to be hard not to question many of the other things that we're told. And like you said, the UFO thing, like this is becoming very apparent and very real. Um, so my hope is that we as citizens can really kind of extrapolate this out into other aspects of our lives and not just question, but um, I want to say demand truth, demand like whole conversations. I'm going to go on to just kind of finish with my little rant here just because this is another thing that I feel like is societally is is part of this is that we are not having conversations about ideas. We get snippets, we get sound bites of a person, and we that is then used to cast them in a certain light, and everybody jumps on board because of what's being, you know, portrayed in this little sound bite. You could take the Dalai Lama, I'm sure you could take a sound bite of him and make him sound like a complete jackass if he wanted to. And so I hope we can start to move. Maybe like the TikTokification of our culture is going to kind of reach that point where we realize, oh my God, everything is like two seconds of shallowness. And that will perhaps kind of bring us back to a place of valuing in-depth conversations, long-form content that provides a a more thorough perspective rather than this is what they said and you better believe it or you're a bad person too. Yeah. I do have hope. I have hope. It's hard to... It's hard to imagine our society rebounding from where we are now um, without some kind of reset. Um, just to the degree, like there's so many things like we are so entrenched in like systemic um, lies, yeah, falsehood, L lies, and just I mean, I guess control is kind of I guess closer to the term that I'm looking for. I'm mm. thinking about like as a system, you know, what we need to do every day to stay afloat in the system that we're in to have health insurance, which is at minimum, like if you have a family, like at minimum, like $800 a month. You have health insurance? What? You have health insurance? No. Well, we're kind of going out uh, of the system. We're kind of like, say, kinda... how'd you manage that? <laughs> but it, like, it's, it's a whole, like, it's not as easy 
as or maybe it is um but once you start questioning one thing then it's kind of like this domino effect where everything else just kind of falls down falls mm -hmm. away um to keep up this narrative with your job which the majority of people have a boss that they report to the majority of people are in a workplace culture where they need to not say anything they need to not speak their you know voice their opinions about things um in order to get their paycheck keep their health insurance for you know their kids who may have diabetes or you know like we're I'm, we're so fortunate to not have any like conditions that require us to shell out inordinate amounts of money, um, to the medical industrial complex, um, for just like taking care of simple needs. Um, but like, I don't know, it, it's intense. <laughs> it's intense to start, asking questions because uh, once you do once I did it like it's a pretty harsh wake up mm -hmm. to how many people are not willing to have a conversation mm -hmm. about basic things like Santa Claus food system Santa Claus <laughs> there's just it goes on and on um, so that's ultimately what brings me back to a compassionate perspective is that um, this has been it's been going on for a very long time and we are deeply entrenched and yes to question your reality has a whole heap of implications um, and I think that's why people like particularly religion, they, you know, I've talked to many friends. I'm 45 now. I've talked to many friends who in their thirties started to question religion, their religion. And then you could almost see the point where they realized if they continued to question, then there was no turning back. Mm -hmm. And they stop questioning. So how do we encourage people to keep moving through that terrifying space? Like mm -hmm. with Santa Claus, like I, I got four kids. The oldest one's 20 from the, from go. I was like, I ain't lying to my kid about Santa. And I never did. <clears throat> and, that was really hard because I was pressured from friends, from family, from school, from all kinds of, you know, I'm, you know, 20 years down the road now. So with that, I don't really give a shit. But I remember it being a, it was like a thing. Like, am I really going to do this? Am I really going to tell my kid the truth and then have to stand up to all the pressure? <clears throat> so, yeah, as... Such a good question. And so like in inherent in our son's teacher's message is this idea that you either don't, you either tell your kid to shut up 
and don't say anything. Uh, and if you don't, then you're ruining things for others. Yeah. So instead of that, which is what so many of us operate under, and this is coming from a public school teacher who pretty much for the most part in order to keep her job has to do just that. Um, instead we teach our kids to have curious conversations. Um, there, our son would not, I would be shocked. I would be so incredibly shocked if our son told another kid, like, your parents lied to you. You need to like not believe in Santa, like, because he doesn't talk like that. He's like it to engage like that is engaging in a conversation where as his teacher is suggesting that we do is teach our kids to just basically like not have a conversation. One person is right kind of thing instead of like maybe nobody's right maybe we don't really know what's going on about things like how about we have curious conversations what do you believe about the holidays even though i don't understand like like for children like our son this is this is a point where he is confused. He is honestly confused with us telling him like, you know, Santa Claus is a story. It's a really like, it's a magical story and it's a fun story to tell. Um, but it's not, there's not a literal human that's coming into our house on Christmas and giving you presents and eating cookies. Like, so we, there's a line where like, yes, we can have fun with the story. Like we're wearing Santa hats. Like we're having fun with the story. That doesn't mean we, um, go as far to like state something as fact when we know it's not. And then he's hearing something completely different from his teacher and kids at school. So who like he trusts his teacher that he, he trusts, who he trusts, which we encourage him to like, listen to your teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's understandably confused. So like what I'm, what I would like to encourage him to do is like get curious about other people beyond the fact that kids don't, there's kids in your class that believe in Santa and kids that don't, there's kids that have really beautiful holiday traditions that are very meaningful to their families. Mm -hmm. Talk about those. Ask, ask other kids in your class. Like, what do you do? Like around, in winter time, like, do you, like, there's Jewish kids in his class, there's African kids in his class, there's um, kids in his class that don't speak English, that are, like, pretty new to America from Mexico. Like, there's so many rich traditions in his class. Like, let's just get curious about each other. Because if his teacher would have said, let's all encourage curious conversations, during this time of year, we all have different traditions. We all celebrate, um, different things mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, 
how liberating would that be for kids instead of do I say, do I lie, do I tell the truth, yeah, do I wild. like, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. And for us too, like, for us too, like, and that's kind of why ultimately, beyond the fact I didn't want to piss his teacher off by standing up for my beliefs. Can we post a link to this podcast in the chat? <laughs> <laughs> I will. Not a bad idea. I will. After the school year's over, I'll just wait until <laughs> <laughs> last day of until school. it's over, and I'll just like yeah, post it. It's a, it's a sad it's kind of sad to me, but it, you know at the same time it is what it is, and and I just have a hard time separating it out from other aspects of our lives, you know. And I think about like you said, the people that come into sanctuary who are Coming out of religion, uh, there's a 50-something-year-old man that recently joined, and he has expressed that, you know, this is like the first time he's felt like he can even ask some of the questions, and he's terrified still that he's asking questions because for 50-something years, he's been subconsciously believing that if he's not a good boy, he's getting a lump of coal, you know, or eternity in hellfire damnation same thing you know so um yeah i just really want to encourage us all to live to live truthfully um it does it doesn't make it any less magical the truth is that it's way more magical than the idea of some fat dude coming down my chimney and eating my cookies while i'm in bed oh my god it's so much more magical than that (laughs) Like the whole true story of the Siberian shaman and uh-huh. the history of Amanita muscaria mushroom and the relationship with the pine and spruce trees and how all of that, you know, is actually the origin and how it's embodied in, you know, the Santa mythology. That is a wonderful, magical story that I would way rather, well, I do. We do tell our kids about that rather than, you know, this other Santa Claus story, um, even like the Big Bang, like it's so much more magical. Yeah, well, we don't even know. Like that's the whole joke of it all. It's like just like you're saying with curiosity. We've been telling for the last call it ten years or whatever it is. We've been saying that the universe is what twelve billion years old or something like that. And they just put out a new telescope that says, oops, we are wrong. It's twice that, or it's 13 to 26 billion years old now, right? Like, can we, can we collectively <laughs> just, just admit that we don't have a damn clue what's going on and that it's way cooler than any story we ever make up? Yeah. Can we just, can we just like front load every statement we make with a maybe? Maybe this maybe is what happened. Right, right, right. It might be, yeah. but we don't actually know. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny, like watching, like we were watching that, um, what is it called? Life something. I don't know. Mm. Some like really mm. well produced um, Netflix series. The History of Life or something History like History of Life. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and it was already outdated and it was made <laughs> like last year and some of the facts were already outdated, but they stated everything as a concrete Fact. This is unchanging. what we know about evolution. <laughs> this is what happened. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we're we're a funny bunch. We are. We are. I can't wait till it's you know revealed the origins of humanity so we can finally get that whole thing. Like the Adam and Eve story. Good lord. Talk about uh God made a man from dirt and then pulled out a rib and turned it into a companion for him. Yeah, sounds like a pretty, you know, pretty factually based, um, I'm, again, very likely like, scenario. I'm okay with it being a myth story, right? I'm not okay with it being told that this is how the how it happened. And like the the joke for me... As a lover of science and religion, I love spirituality and I love science. And neither of them know, but both pretend they do. Like, it's so funny. And then they point fingers at each other. Yeah. Bring it together. Psychedelics bring the science and the spirituality together and help us all understand that we really don't know, but that there's so much interesting and cool fun stuff to explore and make up stories with and then change those stories and create a new story mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different kinds of people in this world and places to explore there's so many perspectives there's so many different beliefs and the beauty about belief is that it doesn't matter what you believe but that if you believe it then it means something to you right so, like, I don't have a problem with people believing in this whole, like, Santa thing, you know, as a a way of kind of mytholo- myth- mythologizing uh, our behavior. It's that when we pretend, when we believe that our beliefs are truth, is when it gets all muddled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of um, how I'm talking to our son about Santa Claus because he's understandably asking questions like, well, if this isn't true, because he went through a phase or this day last week, early last Mm -hmm, week or the week mm -hmm. before where he was telling me, mom, I'm just going to like play it safe and believe because just in case Santa is real, Mm -hmm. I don't want to miss out Mm -hmm. on like getting presents from Santa. Never heard anybody Um, say that about religion. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm I'm like, all right, babe. Like I like, I want you to do what you feel like in your heart, like is the thing that you want to do based on all the information you have. And at the same time, I want, I want to continue telling, giving you the information that I have so that you can always know that I gave you all the information I had, like at the Mm -hmm. time when you were asking for it, instead of, directly deceive you. You can always know this when you get older, you'll remember 
you asked me and I told you the truth. Yep. So that's, what's really important to me. And I like, he's like, well, then why are so many people telling me Santa Claus is real? Like, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, you're right. That's very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of like a metaphor, like the way I see it, it's kind of like a metaphor. If you really believe in something that's really important to you, then the fruits of that thing, like they're not going to come about if you just like toss aside your beliefs for the sake of like just making life easier. Like if you really believe like this, something's really important to you, then like pursue that belief. Like, you know, stand up for what you believe in is right. And like, you know. Yeah, but even this, it's like we don't know what we're talking about, you and I. Because yeah. like, like there are certain things like we believe that the sun comes up. Well, we know that the sun doesn't actually come up. The sun, the earth goes round, you know. And like, yeah, you can I guess- put aside your belief, but it's still going to happen. Certain certain things are still going to happen. Uh-huh. Right? So, I don't know. It's tr- I, it's undoubtedly tricky. It it is. It's it's so tricky. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, make, you know, magic out of sense out of nonsense. Yeah. You know. But to the to like relating to our values, mm-hmm. like you know, if you really value something and you like really wholeheartedly have that value. Mm-hmm. Like if you really feel like value, you yeah. know, like what we're doing, like the mushroom psilocybin mushrooms, there is, I wholeheartedly believe that they should not be illegal, that no one should go to jail for having access, free access. Like, like, you know, we should be able to, pick mushrooms from the ground and keep them in our home. And we should not go to jail for that. Mm -hmm. I wholeheartedly believe that. Mm -hmm. And that's coming from a value of sovereignty and like Mm -hmm. my experiences, um, trusting my life changing enriching experiences that I've had and all the people we've worked with. And like, that's a belief that I, I feel very strongly about. Mm -hmm. Like I, Something like that, like if someone disagrees with me, then I'm, I would like to still state what I believe in coming from that place, Mm -hmm. from that like experiential place that's connected so deeply to the values that I hold in my heart. Um, That's kind of like, I guess what I was getting at. Where it gets really problematic is when the beliefs of a group or individuals um, assert authority over the beliefs of another because those who believe that you should go to jail for possessing mushrooms Mm -hmm. are actually in charge at the moment, you know? Yeah. Um, Those who believe that they should be able to tell a woman what to do with her body, with her womb, you know? Um, and so I'm not sure this is really interesting where we're going. And I have gained such a new gratitude and respect for America, um, with, you know, how having experienced in a real way, the value of our religious freedom here, that is not a thing in almost every other country on the planet. 
And, you know, I'm not going to go into a rabbit hole on my concerns about losing that freedom here um, because I don't believe that we are. But it's a it's a it's a thing, you know. We're we're in a really interesting scenario as a country, where because there has been such an emphasis on the freedom of you to believe and practice and live as you choose, and not just religiously, but in a lot of ways, it grants us the opportunity to come up to kind of face these challenges where belief and I want to say fact intersect, but as we just said, like there are very few facts. Most is most everything is subjective, you know, and you can go into physics and perception and how, you know, the, the mirroring, I don't know, all, all the stuff. Um, so anyway, it's, it's, uh, yeah, who knows where the hell's going? I don't know. Um, and I could be, maybe we're really wrong. Maybe the healthiest thing is to, uh, deceive our children about Santa Claus and Jesus and drugs and sex and all the stuff, you know, it's like funny. They just found out a few years back. Well, our current belief, our current understanding is that the woman's egg selects the sperm <clears throat> where for how many years it was the sperm the great sperm race mm-hmm. you know yeah conception of life one of the most fundamental aspects of scientific understanding of humanity and we are only just now shifting our perspective around that did you know that there it was a branch of theology that it may it probably still exists where it is debated there is actually time spent debating whether or not Jesus pooped. <laughs> like, this is how, right? Uh, never like, thought of that. This is where Actually, didn't belief, question that. <laughs> like, oh, you believe Jesus was the son of God? Do you believe he was <clears throat> truly divine? Well, if he was truly divine, would he have taken a dump? Uh, yeah, it's like, I did kind of think about that with um, Thoth and Hermes yesterday. I was reading the Emerald Tablets and it was speaking of um, Thoth living for, he was like immortal or whatever for like, what, 10,000 years? Well, and immortal then, was forever, but. Well, I mean, he, well, yeah, well, he, what's the term when you, you're not subject to typical, um, human laws you like defy he was a god mm-hmm. but anyway never mind about what I the mean, term was but he was supposedly lived for 10,000 years and then reincarnated uh, okay yeah. he used to reincarnate yeah. two more times or uh, whatever so i was thinking like hmm how does that work like you know logistically if you're living for 10,000 years then it depends on if you eat. Do you eat? Does if your you, hair fall if, out? If you eat, you, you poop. Period. If he's if you eat light, you, if you're like a uh, <laughs> what's it called? What are the sun people called? Uh, a breatharian. If you're a breatharian, and you just like live off sunlight and air, 
uh-huh. then you probably don't. You just have sweet smelling mm. toots. There's I'm there's so many things that people do that you just never would have thought. Mm-hmm. Urinarians. Urinarians. Has me so thinking about things. the vegan veganism and mm. it's just so it's so interesting how across the board we project our beliefs onto others for the most part as if this is what you should do, right? This is how you should be. This is what I believe, so this is how you should believe. And we do it subconsciously. Um, so, yeah, maybe we're waking up. Maybe Santa Claus will help us wake up to the <laughs> reality. Maybe, yeah, this is the point where Santa Claus does actually come down our chimney. Like, like if, like if we're in this cosmic joke where we're all, like, we're all in this to get every piece of every material atom or whatever, smaller than an atom, whatever, the ineffable thing in everything like feels this conversation happening. And then we shift to this narrative of Santa Claus not being real. And then we all collectively subconsciously decide we're going to make Santa real <laughs> just to well, fuck with us. It's like what Bashar <laughs> thinks, like talks about like, and other physicists you've heard talk about this where like, if you can imagine it, there's a dimension where it exists. Right. So maybe when we talk about Santa Claus, we should talk about Santa Claus' existence in another dimension because mm-hmm. it's not here. I'm open to being wrong. If if someone sends me a video, if I get multiple videos, like, you know how you get videos of Bigfoot being spotted? <laughs> you just get videos of, like, Santa in his sleigh. <laughs> if I see some Well, the videos, news, we used to do that. They used to do that on the news where they'd be so like, oh, we got Santa on the radar. <laughs> oh, we see Santa on set camera. Wow. Yeah. I remember that. I remember watching the news and be like, oh, my God, Santa's in Louisville. Or we are the duped generation. There is no doubt about it. Well, I don't this know if it's just like the generation. Maybe it the is. The duped series of generations. We're the most duped animals. Think about all the other animals. And we, yeah, wow. We like getting duped, I think, at this point. We, I, I enjoy a good it. story. I enjoy a good story, right? Um, and I guess we're like, I'm, I'm curious for myself because I, I am, I tend to like really seek out the facts, you know? And like as I've been on this exploratory journey of trying to understand the creation mythology from other cultures and like what is some of the interesting perhaps could be called evidence around humanity's true origins. And I was listening to a thing the other day like talking about the Sumerian gods and whatnot and there is a point where we have to just let go of truth and accept that we don't know and that this story is the best thing that we've got for us right now. Um, and I have a hard time still. I have a hard time letting go of, okay, this doesn't have to be true. Like I keep trying to seek out like, Okay, what's the truth about how humanity came to be, you know? And 
that's not really as important as where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And so can we look at the Santa Claus thing in the same way? It's not really important whether or not Santa Claus is true or not. What's important is how you relate to it. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I like this um, this direction. It makes it easier for me to enjoy the Santa Claus if I can relate to it. And I, I wonder if this is kind of one of the, perhaps the origin of my uh, reluctance to celebrate birthdays and to do the gift giving thing, right? Is because from the start, my relationship with it, or not from the start, from very early on, my relationship with this whole thing became very soured, you know? And there's a part of me that, when I th- when I think about like birthday gifts and I I've like been I've pushed back against people giving me birthday gifts. It's because man I'm really I'm feeling this. It's because there is a part of me that thinks you don't really want to do this. You're just doing this because you believe you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm getting some real healing here, you all. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be Santa Claus next year. <laughs> You're going to dress up like Santa Claus. Watch me. Go to go. the mall and I've, I've said volunteer that, for that <laughs> position. Volunteer. No. no, no. <laughs> I have said that 2024 is going to be my year of giving, though. And while I do feel like I have given, you know, to my human family uh, in the work that I've done, I feel like I could be more giving on a personal level. And so really understanding unpacking here my resistance to gift giving and how that is probably founded in this kind of betrayal trauma around Santa Claus and how I related to that whole thing and how that related into other holidays and celebrations. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can, maybe I can move through that. It feels like it. That's a good if nothing else, y'all, if if even if y'all if everybody's gotten off this episode, like fuck this conversation. <laughs> I just got a lot out of this. So thank uh, you very much, Courtney well, Rose. That could impact a lot of people in itself. Hmm. If you've gotten I feel some healing. A, I literally feel a shift in my internal world. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's what conversation exactly you know like just being able to talk something out and explore together you know like a collaboration of creation like you're saying like it's it's not in it's really in the the experience together like with other people in community and relationships that like that's really where the the joy is in these Mm -hmm. stories and changing the story together through conversation and exploration like that is the magic i feel actually like loving towards santa claus right now (laughs) 
This is so wild. It's so wild. I've ne- I haven't felt this way since childhood. I'm not saying I f- still feel like I'm not gonna lie to my kids about Santa Claus, and I don't feel like there's some magical being out there. But like my relationship with this story has changed, and you are so right, and I'm so glad that you pointed that out. That it is in the evolving conversation with ourselves ultimately through the mirror of others. Like we don't even most of us don't even believe what we think if we really would dig into it and explore it or come to understand that what we think is just a belief that can be changed with a shift of perspective. Mm-hmm. Ah, I fucking love you. I love you too. I think it's been a great conversation. This is kind of what I was hoping we would land on. Is this like, <laughs> you know, Eric's finding dress this... up for Santa? No, what? That I'm going to dress up like Santa next year or what? <laughs> no, more of like the magic of the like transmuting the emotion, the, you know, frustrating kind of emotion around this. How conversation you into your, has your magic. frustration transmuted i do feel reminded of what i just said that it's not in like getting caught up in the instead of arguing you know instead of approaching something that we feel like we see so clearly that other people don't mm-hmm Instead of approaching that with like a defense and an argument, approaching it with a, hmm, okay, like it's really interesting that you see this that way. And like, kind of like, you know, it for us, we see it, we've seen it very similarly, so it's not the same, but even still exploring it together is really what, I'm going for in life. Mm -hmm. That's where the joy comes in. Mm -hmm. And like in the community, which I hope we record a podcast soon about um, the dynamics of community. um, What and how easy it is to (laughs) facilitate community. Like even within quote unquote, like minded community, there are vast differences in perspectives um, and navigating that with an attitude and a perspective of exploration, seeing the divine consciousness that's in the other person that we are not seeing eye to eye with, recognizing it's the same divine consciousness in me. It's the same period, like at its source. Mm. We like we need each other. Hundred percent. We There's, need uh, this this dialogue, this exploration, and so it's not about I'm right, you were wrong, and being willing to be a leader in that um, around this conversation. Like I have gone from feeling like wanting to prove a point to feeling like I want to come together. I want to mm-hmm. come together. Mm-hmm. Same. I don't want to prove Same. a point and divide. I want to explore and come together so i feel pretty good about that (laughs) yeah nice okay well what do you think listeners if you've gotten all the way to the end what where are you at 
with this whole Santa Claus and more <laughs> conversation. Let us know. And if you have any uh, any topics you'd like us to explore, give us an email. Psilocybin says at gmail.com. And uh, $10,000 for an authentic photo of Santa Claus on the reindeer sled. It has to be I flying. mean, you're going to get $10,000 from somewhere. If you believe that. I don't know. <laughs> it's not from Psilocybin <laughs> says. But, all right. Peace. Merry Christmas.